Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Netflix and Swole podcast, your source for Netflix news, reviews, and booze. I'm Caleb. Oh, fuck. I forgot about this part where I make a funny joke. Uh, I'm Dan. That's the joke, uh, that I'm alive. Dan is so stupid, directed by Caleb. Uh, every time, Every time they do something, I wish I could be them a little bit more. How are you, friend? Good. Um, nobody else probably watches Red Letter Media. Actually, a lot of people do, but I don't know what the overlap is with that in our listener base. I don't know. I feel like we're the the Netflix version of Red Letter Media. Not quite as good, not quite as funny, but we're there, and we're we hate the we hate the world. We're somewhere on that spectrum. Um. How are you? Um. What the fuck even happened? Nothing happened to me this week. It was a very nondescript week for me. I think the most exciting thing was that I got a pepper mill. All right, let's move on to our first segment. What's your swill? Can we please get some alcohol into my mouth? He hates these cans! Stay away from the cans! <laughs> I love that you don't want to talk about a fucking pepper mill so bad. You're just like, fuck it, let's get the show over with. <laughs> uh, I'm enjoying some Ducey cognac that was left at my house by a friend. I hope the friend listens to uh, the show and realizes their mistake. I've discovered that I don't like cognac. <laughs> it tastes how rubbing alcohol smells. Ooh. So, well, uh, I'm drinking more Tanqueray and tonic. I am trying to get rid of all of my Tanqueray. I'll pour that juice into there. Ooh, said I should have. Now it's juicy. Should have got some gin and juice with my mind on my money and my money on my mind. Yeah, you'd be rolling down the street smoking endo. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm just trying to kill off my Tanqueray so I can, like, uh, in my head, justify the purchase of uh, some Hendrix and gin later this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, it's 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 the same. It's delicious. Uh, oh, I'm out of it. Oh shit. Uh, I should get more. Uh, Caleb, introduce the next segment while I go f- refill. Uh, there's news. Oh, shit, it's mail time. We talk about the news sometimes on this show as it pertains to Netflix. And this is the segment where we talk about this week's headlines. Please please come back, Dan. I'm dying out here. 
Uh, our first story is Atypical has been renewed for a fourth and final season. Okay, he's still not back. Um, I really need to get caught up on this show. The first season was good. I have returned. I I did the first story. Oh, good. It was hard with no one to talk to. Oh. Well, that's that sucks. Uh, Please don't ever leave me again. I don't know. I haven't seen Atypical, uh, so I don't know. Maybe now that there's like a clear end in sight, I will watch it, a la Grace and Frankie, where it's like that show has a clear end in sight. I don't know. I got Ash- you. A- Ashley was just like, "Yeah, watch the show with me." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, sure." So, uh. So really what it has to come down to is you have to move down here and then you have to like come over to my house and then just be like, hey, watch the show with me. I'm like, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, our next story is that uh, actor Kim Bodnia has been announced as Vesemir in season two of The Witcher. Uh, yeah, he he has been. N- normally, we'd... <coughs> Jesus, Jesus Christ. I hate everything. Uh, normally we we don't talk about casting news unless it's, it's like significant stuff. Uh, being that there was a fan petition to have Mark Hamill be Vesemir, I felt this was significant. Uh, what do you think about this, friend? I don't know. It's they're they're making the show. It's Vesemir is going to be in it. This is I don't know. I don't really care about like casting news. No, you're right. Uh, I'm just glad it's not not Mark Hamill because I think Mark Hamill as a live action actor is actually garbage, like truly terrible. Uh, but as a voice actor, he is amazing. So like, I I'm fine with this. I mean, I've seen The Last Jedi and he wasn't particularly good in that. And don't give me that he didn't have anything to do. He had plenty to fucking do. He just wasn't good at it. Yeah. All right, uh, and the final story is that Netflix has brought back the the global top ten uh, for everybody, uh, and now we have uh, numbers and statistics for the top ten in the U.S. So no longer do we have to uh, look at the U.K. numbers and be like, "What the fuck does this mean?" We now have American numbers. Yeah, it's uh, it's a thing now. Isn't transparency fantastic? It's not. It's not like super transparent, but this is better than anything we had before, and I'll take yeah. it. It's not super transparent, but it's less opaque. Yep. Uh, so we're just gonna do top ten overall titles, and not like break it down by movies and series. I just don't see the point with that. I think this is much more interesting to talk about the top 10 as a whole. So uh, the number one overall watch thing on Netflix last week was, uh, this is for 221 to 227 in the U.S., was The Last Thing He Wanted, which is that Anne Hathaway, Ben Affleck, D. Rees movie. Uh, two is Love is Blind. Three is Lock and Key. Four is The Foreigner. Five is Narcos Mexico. Six is The Trials of Gabriel Fernandez. Seven, To All the Boys, P.S. I Still Love You. Eight, Babies. 
Nine, a bad mom's Christmas, and ten, I am not okay with this. Lock and key, more like schlock and re. <laughs> so, I think the most interesting inclusion in this list is actually I am not okay with this, because that came out on the twenty sixth, and like I said, this list captures the period of two twenty one to two twenty seven. So the fact that it hit the list with. Uh, like two days available to it is impressive yeah good job yeah i don't know i don't i guess this is overall top 10 it wouldn't be like weighted by how long it's been out or anything right right like there there's gonna be like for instance like uh gentified for instance like that came out on the 21st and like that's only on the top 10 in terms of series and I don't think that's great. Although I'm like behind that is like I'm a killer, uh, the chef show and the stranger, which like those all came out like prior, and even I'm like a killer and I'm running <laughs> lock and key narcos Mexico like everything except for like I'm not okay with this came out bo- like before it. So like I don't know, it, gentified might not be the like a heavy hitter for Netflix in terms of views, or maybe it, it'll have legs or something like that, but. I don't know. I don't know either. Paul will appreciate this. Sean the Sheep movie Farmageddon was number nine in terms of most watched movies. So there's your shout out, Paul. (laughs) We love you. I have no idea what this baby show is supposed to be. Is it just like, I don't know. I'm picturing just like footage of babies crawling around with like a wide angle lens. (laughs) And that's it. So I'm looking it up. Uh, from nature to nurture, this docu-series explores the groundbreaking science that reveals how infants, dis- infants, infants discover life during the f- their very first year. This has, uh, f- holy fuck, six episodes. They're about 45 minutes apiece, or 50 minutes apiece. And this is only part one. Are you fucking joking me? Children are not that interesting. Oh no, Vanessa's being attacked by a bug. I have to go perform my husband duties. Uh, okay, so with that, we're going to uh, attack bugs into downstream, and hopefully Starship Troopers is on this list. Baby, I can't control the internet. That's my favorite line! Good job baiting them in, honey. <laughs> I've once again defeated Guzma. <sighs> That was a close call. All right. Well, our first trailer this week is for Six Windows in the Desert. Uh, This is a series of six short films by Saudi Arabian filmmakers, uh, kind of giving their perspectives and issues that they face in their day-to-day lives. Yeah. Seems interesting. It's about Saudi Arabia, which, like, I think really the only thing we know about them is, like, they're regressionist in terms of like their world worldview due, due to like how they selectively follow the Quran uh, in terms of like law and, and such. So maybe this will be a nice, you know, kind of introduction into what their culture is actually like, as opposed to what we think it is based off of media. Yeah. What the, what the faux news media and the, the goddamn government wants you to think. I don't know. 
Uh, our second trailer is for a movie. It's called Ultras. It's like Italian uh, Sons of Anarchy, I guess. Sure. Or like soccer hooligans. That's what it felt like. They were they were soccer hooligans, but you know Italian. But it doesn't really make what like it clear what they're hooligans for. Basically, yeah. Could be cricket. Could be uh. What is uh underground an... robot boxing? Ooh, you know what it probably is? Pasta making. Yeah. Yeah, Iron Chef has like a really like cutthroat scene over there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, it talks about like how the the one guy's getting older and he has a son. Blah blah blah. I don't know. Maybe it's good. I don't know. Probably not though. Somebody probably will like it. I guess. You know, there was a uh, a thread over on our best of or Netflix best of that's like, I don't understand how people like these movies. Like, stop recommending things when you're clearly a show for the the thing. And it's just like, bruh, there are people that like fucking anything. Like the 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 worst movie of all time. Someone likes that movie, so like, don't don't even try. You're an idiot. Vanessa's just covered in bugs over here. What bugs? Uh, it's warming up, so the stink bugs are coming back to life um. and starting to move around. We get them in the winter sometimes. Yeah, they're my favorite because flick. It's a it's a Pennsylvania problem. It is. I'm down here with no bugs. It's wonderful. Yeah, I guess. Uh, like whenever my sister was born. My parents lived in Colorado, and I guess, like, you would just step out onto the street during the summer, and it would just be, like, wall-to-wall fucking cockroaches, and, like, your feet would just crunch as you stepped down the street. What? Just fucking gross. It would just, like, bask on the sidewalk when it was warm. What the fuck? Yeah. Why would anybody live there? Um, our next trailer is for Self Made, inspired by the life of Madam C.J. Walker. Uh, the reason why people would live there is because Papa John's and weed. I think the correct pluralization is Papa's John. Uh, Self-Made is a film, uh, Meet America's First Empire Building, Barrier-Breaking, Self-Made Female Millionaire. Uh, this is starring Octavia Spencer. And, uh, this, out of all the trailers we watched this week, um, this looks very good. I'm actually interested in this. 100% on that. It's it's Octavia Spencer. Like, she's great. Yeah, she's brilliant. She's she's like up up on that level with a steam character actress Margot Martindale. <laughs> it's true. So like, when you when you get to heaven, look up Margot Martindale. I won't be there, but my movies will. <laughs> so yeah, um, I I know it's a limited series, so it's probably just what was. I'm trying to remember. Oh, what, it is a series. Okay. 
I'm trying to remember. There was someone who was talking about basically how there was like Black Wall Street, and then someone came along and just wiped it out, and like all of this black wealth just went away. So I'm wondering if she's uh-huh. like the matriarch of that black wealth because I this think takes that, place uh, in like the 1900s. Well, I think that I haven't finished watching HBO's Watchmen yet. But, like, mm. that show deals with that. That was it. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, they talk about, uh, it was, like, 1927. Someone just went around and just fucking murdered, uh, just, like, this rich elite, black, like, like, the black rich elite. And, like, nothing was done about it, and all of this black wealth just went away. Yeah. I can't, I, I can't remember who brought my attention to that. I want to say it was Julio on The Contrarians, but I could be wrong. It might have been somebody else. If it was you, I'm sorry. I just associate Watchmen with Julio right now because they did a Watchmen episode for episode 100. Man, I really need to finish watching that show. I watch so much fucking Netflix stuff that it's hard for me to put time into watching the other things that I want to see. It's it's true. Like, I wanted to, like, Man in the High Castle is still on my priority list because, you know, alternate history. Dan loves history in the first place, so seeing alternate takes are great. Then I don't watch it. Yeah. And Ashley's going to listen to this and be like, let's watch it. Because it's over now. We can do it for rabbit ears. But then I'm going to be like, no, we have to watch Avatar The Last Airbender because that's more important. She's never seen it. What? I know. I don't know. Until last year, Vanessa had never seen it either. I sat down and uh, made her watch like the first five or six episodes with me. Mm-hmm. And then she just watched it all and i didn't get to enjoy it with her but that's fine <laughs> she's watching a uh, firefly right now for an episode with paul yeah i've never watched all of firefly i like it i just didn't bother uh i got through the first three episodes and just went you can continue watching this yourself this show's fine i like it i like the aesthetic and everything yeah. i like the song oh we hate the song we hate the song so much I like parts of the song. <laughs> do you like the track or do you like the singing? I like the lyrics, I guess. It's interesting. I don't like... I don't know. It's in like a weird minor key. I think it's, I think it's on purpose, though. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, let me say this. Obviously, it's on purpose. I think it's thematic, though. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I mean by on purpose. It fits the show. Yes. Yeah. Uh, back to back to shows that are on Netflix. Let's talk about the Letter for the King. Boy, it's a good thing that inspirational young adult fucking medieval fantasy isn't an overdone genre. <sighs> I really don't have an opinion on the show. It looks fine. It looks fine. The big problem on the internet right now is that, every, like, I should, I'm not going to say everybody, but the racists are complaining that the kid is black and it's set in medieval times. There's fucking magic in it. It's, it's not realistic. Also, there were black people in Europe during the Middle Ages. 100%. So I don't know what the fuck. That's like, stupid. Like, people are stupid. Afro, like, Afri- Northern Africa is right there. Yeah. 
literally right there. If you told me there were there were black people in like South America in like the 1400s, yeah, I'd find that a little hard to believe. Sure, but like Africa is literally right there. There's there's a strait that you have to go through that is fucking like what Portugal and Algiers is that what is that that country? I think it's Algiers. or Morocco, mm. one of the two. You have to go yeah. through a strait, and they're like, you could probably see the other side if you stood at the end of that strait. So yeah, like, it's like being at Sarah Palin's house and being able to see Russia. Oh, I can see Russia from my house. What the <laughs> fuck was that accent? That was nothing. <laughs> that was like a Michigan... I don't that was, know. That was, my, that was my Michigan George Lucas. Oh, fuck it, just keep throwing shit in there. I always meant for there to be do-backs in the background of this shot. Do backs are always my go-to for George Lucas shit. If you guys aren't listening to Dan Makes Ashley watch the Star Wars series, you're missing out on some fucking gold. Mainly me doing an impression of Mike Stoklasa doing an impression of George Lucas. Well, whenever whenever they opened the Ark of the Covenant in Raiders, I always wanted them to turn into do-backs, but Spielberg <laughs> made me just make them turn into skeletons. <laughs> Yeah, so Letter of the King looks fine. It'll be a whatever show. I'm sure people yeah. will like it. I'm sure people will hate it. I'm sure people will hate it for the wrong reasons. So, yeah. All right, next, uh, something that no one asked for. <laughs> uh, it's Go Karts, the movie. Is this Australian? I feel like this is Australian. Uh, I don't know. Let's see. It's a movie about a kid learning how to ride a go kart good. See. If I wanted a racing movie, I would just watch Fast and Furious over again. Or The Fast and the Furious. Yes, it is Australian, by the way. It's also a children's movie, so, like, whatever. Yeah. I can't believe that The Asylum hasn't done a fucking movie called Rapid and Raging. (laughs) Those are fucking knockoff car movie. What the fuck? They just did... Kevin Brackett just posted something on his Twitter from The Asylum, and I'm like, Man, I fucking hate the asylum. Like they they just put out a movie like a day or two before some major release that was an obvious cash grab at trying to like capture Okay. Let me just say this here. No one's heard of the asylum really unless you're us. <laughs> but like they they tried to like cash grab and like media grab from this specific thing. And I don't remember what it was. And Kev Brackett tweets too much for me to fucking find it. I'm so fucking happy I watched Atlantic Rim, though. Did you really? I thought I watched it for this show. Uh, I mean, if we if you did, it wasn't because I told you to. I don't know. I'm sure I've seen it. What? I'm trying to think of like all the Asylum movies we, we have seen. Did it, wasn't uh, Cowboys versus Dinosaurs the Asylum? That was, that was Mar Vista. Damn. That was, that was one of our first Mar Vista movies. That is a legitimately fun movie because it's so stupid. If you guys have the chance, go watch Cowboys versus Dinosaurs. Yeah, fuck. I'm still scrolling to find this tweet because I put it in my mentions. Oh. I guess I forgot about this. Apparently Scorsese wants to make another movie. 
and uh, uh, the budget. Okay, the the movie's called Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, and it stars Leo DiCaprio. And it's uh, it he, Scorsese wants a budget of two hundred twenty five million dollars. Jesus. So let me briefly read you this fucking review of Atlantic Rim from the Asylum. Sure. Dr- Dread Central gave the film three out of five stars, describing it as the ultimate monster movie about booze-hounding broskies and battle bots saving New York City from a crazy-eyed giant sea beast that frequently appears to be merely a lost animal, confused and irritated that these metal men won't stop hitting it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, uh, so, so I found it. Uh, they made a they made a movie called Homeward, you know, because Pixar just released a movie called Onward. Uh, it stars Joey oh, Lawrence and, and and Tom Green. Oh God! An orctastic journey or elfish, per- oh of elvish proportions. What does that mean? I don't. They're just using puns. That's really all it comes down to. They're they're just using puns. No one gives a shit. Oh, but yeah, uh, Go-Karts is whatever. It's going to be a whatever movie, and I'm going to forget about it. As soon oh, yeah, as we, we stop were talking, talking about, about that. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll move us over into Quick Hits, where uh, Ashley wants to go to bed, so she's going to go first. All right, Ashley, talk about Love is Blind, the the hot new reality show on Netflix. Yeah, so I watched Love is Blind. I binged it all in, like, two and a half days. It was shocking. Shocking is the best word. There was a lot of Dan was watching something and I was watching it with my headphones on and I would not shut the fuck up with exclamations of shock and revulsion and awe. I was actually trying to play Death Stranding. No, you're watching that horror movie with the dog that died. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'll talk about that next. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I didn't want to watch a dog die. So I watched Love is Blind. I would recommend it for people who like reality TV series. That's all I'll say. Give a general premise. Okay, so the general premise is you've got a group of however many men and a group of however many women, and they keep them separated, and it's hosted by the worst fucking host I've ever in my life seen. It was Nick Lachey and his wife, Vanessa Lachey, aka former Mr. Jessica Simpson. So she introduces her like, I'm Vanessa Lachey. It's I, of course, am Nick Lachey. I was like, you douchebag. I want to point out, Nick Lachey was in 98 Degrees, the worst boy band that came out in the 90s. No, O-Town was the worst. O-Town. Yeah. (laughs) O-Town with Ashley Angel was the worst, and they had that show making the band. They were garbage. I love both of you. (laughs) Uh, also, hi, Ashley. Hi, Caleb. He kind of just forced me on Mike. I was walking by with my bag of forced. chips. This was planned. Well, I was going to eat my chips first. Well, oh. You were here. I wasn't going to make you wait any longer. Someone's going to go none ice. It's fine. It's fine. So anyways, you keep the two genders in isolation, and they basically, it's like a 40-day experiment. I guess the first 11 days, you're basically dating other people like you go in this pod and there's like a wall that separates the men from the women and you just like are supposed to have emotional connections made and you date people that you want to date and then to move on to the next phase you have (laughs) and they send each other messages like you up (laughs) yeah kind of it's like it's really really weird like there was this one interaction where this chick was like, my name is Diamond. And he's like, okay, Diamond. She's like, I hear that mockery in your voice. You don't believe me. He's like, what strip club do you work at, Diamond? 
<laughs> actual words that came out of his mouth. I was. I mean, that sounds perfect. Like that sounds like he'd fit on this show just just fine. Yeah. I mean, so it's anyways, true. If somebody was named Diamond, I wouldn't respect them. I mean, her her actual name was Diamond Jack, and she had the balls to go. I'm I'm Diamond Jack, and I'm looking for my king. I'm not Why? even fucking with you. Why wouldn't she go by like DJ or something innocuous like that? Because she gives them full health references. Yeah. So, anyways, the premise is that you have to propose to the person that you make the strongest emotional connection with if you choose to. Like, you have to propose, and then they have to accept sight unseen, and then you see each other, and then you what? move on to the next phase of the experiment where, like, you go on a honeymoon together for a week, and then you move in together for two weeks, and then, like, you're getting married. Your wedding is in, like, 40 days from the beginning of the what? first, like, the experiment. How desperate are these people? Oh, man, you have no idea, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it is shocking. It's amazing. There's this one chick. I don't want to go too far into things, but she basically like they're about to get married and she's like, so, yeah, I've got average credit score. Like, I don't really have a place to live. I've been couch surfing and I only work like sometimes when I want to. So I've only got one credit card, which is a makeup card for seven hundred dollars. And I've also got twenty thousand dollars of student loan debt from when I didn't graduate college that I haven't paid on at all. <sighs> yeah. These people, dude. So the guy ended up not marrying her, right? I can't tell you. That would be spoiler territory. And so then there, all of this was filmed in 2018, which like they had to keep all of their relationship shit secret. And like I've stalked them on Instagram. They haven't posted anything with their like people they were paired with during the show. So you wouldn't know. But then they have a reunion coming out on March 5th. So you get an update on where everybody is. And it's going to be amazing. Amazing. I can't believe it's taken that long for them to just like, all right, here's, here's the show. Like, what took so long to pick up the show? I'll tell you what, place? if you want to make this a drinking game, drink every time they say pods, emotional connection, physical connection, or love is blind, or is love blind. You'd be shmammered. Speaking great. of shmammered, Jessica is often memed because she literally is not seen without a single glass of wine and she feeds wine to her dog. That's animal abuse. Right? Well, animal abuse is being her animal. Even Netflix uh, posted it on their Twitter account. And we're like, yeah, so we don't have to tell you guys, but don't fucking feed your dog wine, you idiots. Jackass. Aren't grapes toxic to dogs? Uh, alcohol is probably not great for them. I don't know. But well, yeah, like, alcohol can make your dog have a stroke or a heart attack. Yeah, we don't want that. I don't know, there was that scene in Jingle All the Way where he gives beer to the, the reindeer. Yeah, some dogs do drink beer. Huh. Hey, you want to give that donkey some beer? Get it all fucked up? <laughs> I'll go put some beer in a bucket. Oh my god, have you talked about the movie I made me watch last night? The other guys, no. Okay, I'm going to leave so you can talk to you about how much you love that movie, The Other Guys. Bye, Caleb. Bye. Bye, Dan. Fuck off, die. Give me kisses. Please hit the mic on your way out. Listen, I just didn't. You know what? You know what? Grab me a Fanta on your way out of the family. <laughs> Sit in the dark with your with your fears. Oh hi, Anyong. Anyong staying with me. Nope, nope. That dog staying with me. Uh, so yes, I I watched the other guys with Ashley because uh, I made her watch Hectic Knife, and she fucking hated <laughs> it.
So instead, we watched a movie she thought was funny. Uh, and the other guys is actually great. It's uh, really funny. It has Will Ferrell, Mark yeah, it's Wahlberg. it's pretty good. Uh, Will Ferrell playing fairly straight, which is weird for him, because typically he is the, the comic relief guy in, in these kind of... Well, like, you think he had school? that kind of period where, like, rather than his over-the-top characters, he was playing, like, really like deadpan type characters that yeah. like the humor was from how just out of place he seemed. And that's well, what he is in this movie. Right. Uh, I mean, like, I think the only thing that's like, he's being overtly funny about is the way he treats his wife, Ava Mendez. And I'm not really sure how to, f- how to feel about that in the first place. Cause like, seems like abuse. Of some kind, I don't know. I mean, that's me just bringing it on myself. Like that's just how I took the movie. It's supposed to be played for laughs. I guess it is. It, it is funny because Mark Wahlberg's just like, "Bruh, your fucking wife's hot," and he's just like, "No, she is cute, but she is not hot." I'm like, "Okay, but whatever." So yeah, like uh, it's a, it's a funny movie. Watch the other guys. I think it was like I think it's like number ten on Netflix in terms of most popular today as of recording. So. Here's that. Uh, and then, so uh, uh, I watched uh, Girl on the Third Floor, or The Girl on the Third Floor. I can't remember which one it is. Uh, this stars former professional wrestler CM Punk. So I'll give you three guesses as to why I watched this movie. Wrestler? Correct. That's You got it in one. I'm real proud of you. I'm going to get the, the the really good positive out of the way. It's all practical effects. Every single thing is practical effects. Uh, I don't want to give away, like, uh, there's some really cool stuff that I don't want to give away. But basically, CM Punk winds up covered in a lot of shit, like, the entire movie. Uh, there's a lot of, like, sexual overtones, too. Like, uh, you, you know, the the plugs in the walls, like, the the bottom hole is always, like, leaking, like, this white sort of clear liquid which, like, apparently the house that this was set in uh, in, in the movie is, like, a former brothel. So, like, if you think about where that hole is in relation to, relation to like, a woman and what white, clearish liquid looks like, then, yeah. Uh, CM Punk is a terrible actor. I don't think I needed to say that. But he's a former professional wrestler, and he's a bad actor. So... Uh, having him as the lead is whatever. Uh, it never really explains what the story is about until the final ten minutes. Like, there's not even really hints. It's just like, oh, this is the this is what the story is. Cool, great. I'm glad you revealed this all in the final ten minutes. Uh, the cinematography is terrible. Like, really bad. Like, uh, there's a lot of use of mirror shots. So, like they'll just point the camera at a mirror and you'll think you're, you're thinking you're looking at the, the scene, but it's, you're not. And, uh, there, there are times where they use sweeping camera shots and look bad. Uh, I mean, this was shot in a house where a guy, like it, it was getting renovated. So the filmmaker was just like, ah, fuck it. We'll just shoot in this house that's being renovated right now into our offices. And then we're going to do stuff with it. Mm, okay. And, uh, sometimes it feels like it's supposed to be a parody, but it's not like it, it seems like it's actually supposed to be like 
played straight. But like there are some camera movements and zooms that are like, no, that feels like a fucking parody. What are you doing? Uh, so I give this a one and a half. It's not a, Oof. it's not a good movie. Uh, uh, also, uh, as Ashley mentioned uh, before, uh, does the dog die dot com? Uh, yes, yes, it does in horrific fashion. In fact, they show you it, uh, and it is horrible. So, uh, if you if you're not a fan of dogs dying, don't watch this movie. All right, and the final thing I watched was the coldest game. This stars Bill this Pullman. This game's so cold. So, uh, Caleb, I'll give you three guesses as to why I watched this movie. <laughs> the title? No, it's definitely... Because of that Tom Tom and Jerry video? Oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't even make that connection until Howdy, now. bitch. <laughs> uh, no, uh, it's because Bill Pullman stars in this movie. Ooh, nice. But I can't he's tell you what the, the America's president. He's America's best president. Be- America's best fictional They elected president. a warrior and they got a wimp. <laughs> oh my god. I know it, I know it fucking makes you hard whenever I reference Independence Day. It makes me hard in general. Like I'll I'll bust out the stupidest fucking references to Independence Day. Like just talking to Ashley and she'd be like, "Wait, what's that from?" Like well or, or no, she'll just like deadpan it. She'll be like, "I well, I she'll just be like, "Okay." And like that was a reference to Independence Day and she's like, "Okay." If you ever do fucking propose to Ashley, you have to get her a ring with dolphins on it and when you kneel down, you have to say, "Ashley, this is a wedding ring." <laughs> What kind of dance do you do? (laughs) Ballet? Uh, Exotic. Exotic. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Don't be. I'm not. My baby's worth it. (laughs) This is just Independence Day fucking references the show now. I love that movie so much. Uh, But the, the, (laughs) the general premise of the coldest game is that Bill Pullman is an alcoholic uh, math professor at, uh, I want to say Harvard. And uh, the, like there's supposed to be a chess match going on between a U.S. grandmaster and a Russian, a, sorry, a Soviet grandmaster. And uh, apparently the, the U.S.'s grandmaster dies. So uh, due to some stupid loophole in the chess thing, the chess bylaws, uh, a, a, a somebody who defeated a grandmaster is allowed to replace that grandmaster in, in terms of, like, playing a chess game. I don't even know why I'm explaining this to you. Chess is barely in the movie. It's really about a, a, a spy thriller about the Bay of Pigs incident and huh. how, like, the U.S. and Russia tried to, like, play, like, these mind games with each other that, like, I'm, nuclear war. I'm picturing this as being, like... Rocky Four, but chess instead of boxing. No, it no. So like no. Bill Pullman is in Siberia carrying a gigantic chess piece on his back while running up a mountain. It's like Trotsky. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, uh, fuck. No, unfortunately, like I said, Chess takes an entire back seat in this movie. Like, I feel like the, the movie could have been so much more interesting if they just focused on the chess, but instead they went through, like, the spy games with, like, uh, a lens of chess mm-hmm. and then just threw in a bunch of, like, stupid fucking side plots. I eventually to- stopped caring about this movie. And was to just be like, fair. Yes. Uh, boxing takes a backseat in all of the Rocky movies so that they can have Polly's fucking birthday robot come out and sing. <laughs> but at least there's a significant portion of boxing. <laughs> like, at least the last fight is at least 20 minutes of fucking boxing, which I appreciate. There was maybe like three minutes of chess in a, a, a hundred minute movie. No, this is almost two hours. I, I'm sorry, I lied. Oh my. Y- yeah, so like there's spycraft going on with these characters you don't care about. The cinematography's fucking horrendous. The score is bad. The story's unfocused. Bill Pullman, I don't know what the fuck he was doing, but he was doing something. I don't know if this was the direction. I don't know if this was his choice. But this movie's bad. <sighs> I don't know, man. There's a reason one of his most memorable roles was the dad in Casper. Like, he's perfectly entertaining, but he's just not a fucking top-tier actor by no, any 100%. stretch of the imagination. No, I agree with that. I mean, like, he he's trying with, like, stuff like The Sinner. Uh, yeah. So, like, fine. But don't get me wrong, I love the dude, but Oh yeah. I mean, obviously. I I watched fucking Spaceballs because of him. Spaceballs is very good. Spaceballs is fine. Just like Star Wars, it is fine. Although we'll see. We'll see how this goes. The, the rewatch is on its upswing. We'll see how this goes. Uh Caleb, what did you watch this week cuz I'm I'm done talking. Here's to the finest crew in Starfleet. I need to make a fucking... I'm I'm just going to make like an episode uh, or a segment opener for this because this is its own episode. Its own... Why do I keep trying to say episode? This is its own segment now. Uh, this is part two of Caleb Watches Star Trek. Oh, yeah? How's this going? I am a... A little over halfway through season one. So these are fucking 26 episode seasons. But, uh, uh, so I'm up to episode 14 was the last one that I watched. Mm -hmm. So I'll just kind of break down some of my favorite episodes and explain a little bit about them. Uh, one that was pretty neat. Uh, is episode eight it's titled Justice. Uh, this is where the Enterprise arrives for shore leave at a newly discovered planet that uh, it's kind of like this isolated paradise and like everybody who lives there is very humanoid, but mm-hmm. uh, they they wear like very skimpy outfits and like... They're like bonobos, like they uh they greet everybody by having sex with them, basically. <laughs> so okay. uh it, that's that's the other thing about the this uh post scarcity future is everybody's just very free with their bodies. Like they'll they'll fuck everything 
you know, uh, mm-hmm. aliens, furniture, fire, just anything goes really. Um, so these aliens who are called the Edo, um, kind of receive the away team and they're like basically cultural ambassadors because it's a new, a new planet that they found. Mm-hmm. Uh, and while the enterprise, the rest of the crew is in orbit, um, there's like this little ball of light that flies into the ship and it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm God. Don't fuck with my children down there. Um, so like, Turns out it's not actually God. Oh my um, God! It's <laughs> uh, it's like an alien intelligence that exists in multiple dimensions because uh, in Star Trek, because everything's just like Planet of the Week episodes, like the science is kind of throwaway sometimes. Sure. So it's like fuck it. It's it's another dimension. Um. Which is fine. But, uh, like, this thing basically seeded life on this planet and is, like, guiding them through their development. So, like, uh, the reason that the planet is in such perfect harmony and, like, everybody's so happy and it's a paradise is because they have, like, complete rule of law from, like, Mm -hmm. this being that they worship as God. So, like, if they break any law whatsoever um they give them a lethal injection so like uh fucking wesley crusher because of course it's him like uh steps onto a a patch of grass that is like has a sign that says stay off the grass so they fucking are holding him and gonna kill him so the big thing of this of this episode is like well how do we not have the kid get injected with arsenic but also we don't go against the prime directive and fuck with this developing society well obviously you get hectic knife along so he kills the junkie before he injects him with the drugs uh i don't know it was an interesting episode this is um they kind of lean more into the kind of philosophical things of like, what is justice? You know? Um, right. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a show about philosophy in space because like, since the society is so advanced and, uh, like they aren't like there's there's essentially no economy cuz they don't need an economy because nobody's fighting over resources. Mm-hmm. Uh so the whole thing is just like how do we develop ourselves morally because like uh they don't need anything. Um it's interesting and this episode kind of highlights that. So where in the show does a Romulan uh trained by death nuns or nun ninjas <laughs> uh behead somebody? So I'm on episode 14. They just mentioned the Romulans for the first time. 
Where where does does Seven of Nine learn how to dual wield uh, uh, assault phaser phase rifle? <laughs> uh, Seven of Nine's not in Next Generation. She's in Deep Space Nine. Has the Romulan Worldbird showed up and and they show the pilot that who who's cra- who's uh, uh, piloting it? Uh, is the Jean no. Bosch alive? <laughs> it, 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 it is is Picard Locutus? Is Q Locutus? No. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love this show so much. Um, I don't know. There was another one. I don't know if I talked about the character Q last time. But uh, he shows up in, like, one of the first couple episodes. Mm-hmm. It might actually be the first episode. I can't remember. Or, uh, yeah, I don't remember. But uh, he made another appearance in this batch of episodes that I watched. So Q is, like, uh, a highly advanced alien hive mind. And, like, the the Q that shows up on the Enterprise and, like, talks to them is, like, one piece of this, like, collective or whatever. Right. So, uh, when he first shows up, he's like, you know, humans are barbarians and should all be put to death and whatever, and, like, puts the Enterprise crew on trial, and they have to prove that, like, they're not just, like, barbarians marauding through space, Mm -hmm. which is an interesting episode. Uh, the second time he shows up in the episode Hide and Q, uh, he like kidnaps parts of like some of the main officers on the on the Enterprise crew and puts them on this planet to like he's basically doing like a war game type thing with them. Like he has these aliens dressed as like fucking soldiers from the French Revolution that are trying to kill him. For some reason, like he Napoleon shows up and they start guillotining people. Well, like for whatever reason, Q tests humanity by like putting them in mock situations based on like their developmental history. Mm -hmm. So, like, whenever uh, he put them on trial and said, like, humans suck, you should all be put to death, um, the trial was based on like in the 21st or 22nd century in the Star Trek canon, like, Earth was basically destroyed by a nuclear war. So, like, uh, they had, like, a Mad Max society. So it was, like, that kind of society holding court Hmm. that they had to try to um, try to argue against him. But in this, uh, Q actually gives Riker like, the powers of the Q Collective. So, Riker's like, oh, I know, uh, I know what everybody wants, so I'm gonna give it to them, and, like, Wesley Crusher wants to be a grown-up. He he puts a coin in the Zoltar machine and says, I want to be big. <laughs> so Riker turns him into an adult, and then, uh, Data's like, because Data's thing is he wants to become a human, so Riker tries to turn him into a human and stuff. And uh like Jordy LaForge has uh he was born blind. So mm-hmm. Riker heals his eyes and stuff. 
so like Riker is basically given limitless power, but everybody's like, you know what? Uh, we don't want to cheat to get these cool gifts. So like, give me back my shitty eyes or like turn me into a kid again. And like, I, I want to learn to be human rather than just like be turned into a human. Right. Uh, and this this confounds and infuriates Q, and he fucks off until whenever the next episode will be that he comes to fuck everybody's day up. Um, so that was interesting. Kind of, uh, I don't know, the, the last temptation of Riker, I guess. Before he grows his beard, of course. Yeah. There was one that was really cool called The Big Goodbye. Which, uh, like, the episode itself isn't amazing, but, like, Mm -hmm. the, it was one of those cool ones that, like, kind of pulls them out of the space adventure genre in an interesting way. So, like, the holodeck malfunctions while Picard is, uh, going through this, like, scenario of him being a detective in, like, an old-timey like film noir era thing so uh like he has to solve this mystery and also try to figure out how to get out of the holodeck that was Mm -hmm. fun it's just picard being a like a private eye i don't know the other one that i guess i really wanted to highlight is episode 13 which is titled data lore and that's where they they get into like the origin of data because like they just found him on this planet that like there had been a colony and I guess everybody at the colony died. But, uh, so they go back there to try to find out about data's origin and they find another Android that was disassembled. And it turns out that, uh, it's the evil data so Data was the second android that was built mm-hmm. by this scientist who created him. And uh, Lore was the first one. But Lore was like a more perfect uh, human simulacrum because he like mirrored humans' ambitions. Uh, so he like wants to accumulate power and stuff. So... Um, he ends up being an antagonist and Data has to fight him. And, uh, at the end of the episode, they beam him off the ship and maybe he'll be back. Maybe. Not lore, no. But, um, so yeah, that's what, that's kind of what I'm digging is like the episodes that are really like, uh philosophically impactful i guess shocking you the guy who likes philosophy and majored in philosophy for a, yeah. a good portion of college like the <laughs> philosophy episodes well there's uh there's the episodes that are just fun kind of throwaway things but like some of them actually have really interesting things to say so and that's kind of uh i don't know that's the best kind of science fiction is like it uses these uh far-flung impossible scenarios to tell us something that we already know about ourselves in a new way right so uh i continue to enjoy it it is a really good show 
Cool. Uh, well, we've been talking for uh, what feels like an eternity in podcast terms, so we're going to, uh, I'm just going to say it, fuck it, hop into a promo break for a, a, a wonderful indie podcast, and when we come back from that, we're going to be joined by Maddie from the Movie Marathoners to talk about Pokemon uh, Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution, a direct remake of Pokemon Mewtwo Strikes Back. Oh, hi. I didn't see you there. Well, nerds, geeks, and newcomers alike, we're the Shake and Not Nerd podcast, where each week we review movies and video games and discuss what's going on in the nerd world. With me, as always, is my co-host, Ian, the huge footlong Johnson. Hey, babes. The Tom. Hello there. And Ollie, also known as Big Red. Hi. And I'm your host, Doody Dutrum. And this is us. About five minutes beforehand, I was talking to my friends, being like, "They make me say I love Harvey." <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm, do, I'm not doing it. The second they said, "I'm like, I love it, Owen." Fresh it. I'll suck it. I'll suck it. It's for one. It's for Pink just released a new album. Which apparently, is really thank good. God. Title: Purple. Pink. Right. No. <laughs> Two in the. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people find us, guys? Why are you looking at me this time? <laughs> Well, I do believe you can find us on any relevant social media outlets. Or the podcast app of choice. Mm. Oh, there are a lot of good ones. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Shake and not nerd. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Dan, it's time to get into our main review topic of the week. And in order to do so, we brought on a special guest. Sure did. It's Maddie from the Movie Marathoners podcast. Maddie, welcome. Hi. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey. No problem. You had us on what two months ago at this point, so figure yeah, it's, it's only been a while. It's only uh, worth to return the favor. Yeah, I mean, I've been listening to you guys' podcast for the last couple of weeks, getting ready for this, just trying to get a feel for what's going on. And I've been really appreciative of how much Pokemon stuff you guys just randomly slip in. So I think I'm going to be in good company here. Yep, and as you alluded to, today we're reviewing Pokemon Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution, which is a pretty much one-for-one remake of Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back, from 1998, except now it has a new coat of paint and uh, kind of an update, I I guess, modernize it. Why not? So, Maddie, what is your experience with the Pokemon franchise? Yeah, so I... I mean, I talked about this a little bit when I reviewed Detective Pikachu, which I believe, Caleb, you liked as well, right? Loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Loved that. I love Pokemon. Um, I would say that it's if you kind of made like a, a pie chart of who I was as a person, Pokemon would be the largest part of that. And I just, you know, ever since I was a kid, I have played all the games, all the main games, seen all the movies, done all the trading card games, all that sort of stuff. So Pokemon is a huge part of what defines my childhood for sure. And I even remember playing those games before I was able to read because I was born right around when those games came out. So when I was two or three, I was playing them on the Game Boy Advance or Color or whatever. So I love Pokemon. I remember beating Pokemon Blue for the first time as at the at the ripe old age of 10 years old and uh, <laughs> like running in a lap around my house screaming, I won, I won, while my sister looked at me like I was a dipshit. All right, so uh, embarrassing story time. Uh, when I, uh, first attempted to beat Pokemon Red, uh, you know how it says in the Elite Four, like, uh, the guy's like, hey, if you lose, you have to start all over. 
Uh, well, in my head, I'm like, oh, I have to start the game all over? That's stupid. <laughs> so I lost, and I started crying because I was like, oh, my God, I have to play this game all over again. And then I immediately teleported back to the start, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's less terrible. Okay, this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, why didn't you get better Pokemon and win? I, I, yeah, how did you lose? Uh, I was horribly underleveled. Like, cause I okay. think at that point with Pokemon Red, I think it was like a ten level jump between Giovanni and uh, even like Lorelai. Yeah. So it was like something. It was like a ridiculous curve. Red and blue was kind of rough in that regard. I think uh, Ruby and Sapphire was the worst for that, cause you go from like high thirty levels in gyms to like the elite four is like mid fifties in that game. Yeah. Yeah, I think like it was low forties for like the last like the last little gym leaders. Like you, you go to oh god, what's the what's the water play the the island that you have to like dive in under in to get Sutopolis. Sutopolis, yeah. thank you. Yeah, you have yeah. to go there and it's like like I think the highest is like forty five there. And then it's like another ten level jump for you to uh to have Fuck. to fight them. Yeah, that was back when Pokemon required. How do you more than how do you remember the name of the town? Yeah. <laughs> oh dude, I I still played, play these I've played games, that man. game like 20 <laughs> times and like it's it's not because I like it. <laughs> I I hate if I, if, how much I know I, about Pokemon, <laughs> man. I just like if I could clear off my brain from all the random shit I know about Pokemon, then I don't know what I would I, nothing would be filled up in there, you know, it's not like it's taking up yeah. space or whatever, but right. I just know way too much and I wish there was like a Jeopardy for Pokemon. Or something, and I would crush that. Oh my god! If uh, if I had to review Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, I would say seven out of ten. Too much water. Too much water. Seven point yeah. eight <laughs> out of ten. Too much water. Get it right. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, uh, Pokemon Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution. Uh, after a scientific experiment leads to the creation of the clone Pokemon Mewtwo. He sets out to destroy the world. Ash and his friends decide to thwart Mewtwo's evil plans. This is directed by Motonori Sakakibara and Tetsuo Yajima. Tetsuo. Written by Takeshi Shudo. Uh, based on characters created by Satoshi Tajiri. This currently stands at a 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb. What? Really? That's pretty low. Yep. Yeah, but uh, this is the number four most popular thing this week on Netflix, sure according is. to their new thing that they added, uh, yeah. which That's fucking Altered Carbon is number six. So we picked the right thing to talk about this week. Hooray. <laughs> That's the number one thing that thing's going to be useful for is picking the correct thing to talk about. Yeah. So uh, I guess I guess I'll go first. Sure. Man, this is... One of the less bad Pokemon movies I've seen, because I watched the De the Deontay movie, mm -hmm. or however the fuck you say that, because it's always just text in the games, and I don't know how to say it. I think it's Diancy something. They said it in the movie. I I forget that movie because it sucked. <laughs> uh, it's also not the best because like the Darkrai movie was pretty banging actually. Hmm. Interesting. So. It's it's at least better than Pokemon Heroes, which is the one where Ash kisses a Pokemon that turned into a human. Oh yeah, Latias. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. yeah. That. 
Who doesn't remember that? What a movie. <laughs> cinema. Yeah, Mar- Martin yeah. Scorsese complains all the time about n- the lack of cinema on Netflix. Well, let me tell you something right now. Cinema. That would be cinema. Yeah. Is Pokemon Heroes on Netflix? I, I, Sadly, no. I don't know. Because I rewatched the, the first one in mm-hmm. preparation for this, and I had to buy it on, like, Google Play or whatever, because it's not on any streaming service. Yeah, I, I just felt ask. like an idiot because I own this VHS tape, like at home. So uh, I do too. Right, yeah. Right now on Netflix, uh, they have the Pokemon Indigo League series, which was the original season of the anime. Which is good. Um, they have Pokemon the series Sun and Moon. Uh, they have this uh, Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution. They have Pokemon the movie I Choose You, which was like their 20th anniversary movie. Mm-hmm. And they have Pokemon the movie The Power of Us, which I have heard nothing about and will <laughs> probably watch as a joke. We trained him poorly as a joke. Also, there's <laughs> also there's a one minute thing on here called Pokemon Happy Birthday to You. Uh, sure. Today is your big day, and Ash, Pikachu, and all friends are gathering to celebrate with you. Okay, this is something you play for your kid on their birthday, so that the Pokemon <laughs> tell them happy birthday. <laughs> That's amazing. You know what? Straight up, I want to say the number one problem I have with the, this movie is that there's no Pikachu's vacation in front of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It didn't come with my rental version that. either. It was horseshit. Wait, it didn't? What? Yeah. That was so important. That was like before Pixar was doing shorts before before their stuff. We had like Pokemon shorts. I honestly want to say that they sell the shorts that played before the theatrical releases of the Pokemon movies as a separate DVD collection Hmm. so that they can Hmm. get more of your money. I mean, of course. Who wouldn't want more of my money? Uh, Maddie, what did you think of this movie? Yeah, uh, I mean, it was fine. Um, I think I always kind of have trouble understanding why these types of movies get made, being things that are just kind of carbon copies of something else. To me, this reminds me a lot of basically what Disney does with its live action, or I mean, it's, you know, animated movies that it's making into live action movies. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it, it just feels a little lazy and it doesn't really make sense like who this is for in my mind, because if you don't yeah. like Pokemon, this isn't going to change your mind. And if you adamantly loved the first one and you hold that on some high pedestal, then this probably isn't going to live up to that either. Uh, but I mean, for what it is, I, I think it's fine. I think they do make a couple small changes that I thought were actually pretty interesting that we could talk about like specifically. Sure. And then there's a couple dumb mistakes that they made in the first one that I noticed that they fixed in this movie. So I appreciated that. But other than, you know, some cool effects that they do with the 3D animation, this is basically the exact same thing. And it's not like it's ever going to be the definitive version of the first one. Well, it's the same thing that they do with the games. Like, Pokemon Red and Blue have been remade twice, so. Yeah, this actually does, like, my feelings for this movie remind me how I felt about Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, where I saw that game get released, and I was like, "Uh, I don't need to get that. I'm not going to spend money on that. It's clearly half a game. But then I got it for Christmas, and I played it. And I was like, well, I mean, it's still Pokemon. I mean, I still had fun. It's charming to see them in a new, yeah. 
it's fun. It's a new coat of paint, but you know, it doesn't really add any depth to it. It's nothing like fire red or leaf green was, which was like the, the perfect remake to me of of that, of that game. Yeah. But there was still something nice about getting to see the like HD version of Kanto in let's go Pikachu. So Mm -hmm. even though, I hated that there was no abilities and no items. Like all of that stuff is really stupid and it's clearly made for people who play Pokemon Go. I did still appreciate getting to see the cutscenes of Moltres, like on some just artificial level. And I think this movie has that where it's cool to see a 3D version of Dawn Fan fighting Bulbasaur or whatever, you know? Right. Yeah. My uh my wife watched this with me and uh I was like really excited explaining to her that like Dawn fan had not been revealed before this movie came out. So this is like your first sneak peek at like a new Pokemon. And her response was cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but also with like Pikachu's vacation, I think Meryl, Meryl was uh, first Meryl introduced there. premiered in that. Yeah. yeah. And Snubble. Oh, and Snubble. Oh, oh, that's yeah. Now yeah, Snubble was Snubble. in that too. Yeah. Yeah. So like that, that's really what these movies were for was like, oh, you watch them to see like what's going to be the, the new Pokemon for the next generation. And like, that's fine. I, I was fine with that. Like I, as a kid, I was like, holy shit, I can't wait to fucking own that elephant Pokemon. And then I got it. And then I was like, all right, cool. This is an elephant Pokemon. I'm going to go back to Charizard. In the now. box it goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now I'm that psychopath that looks at. Uh, uh, base stats and IV and EV training and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I am the I am the worst yeah. part of Pokemon now. A a true master tries to win with the Pokemon that they like best. See, <laughs> there were many there were many instances in, in this movie where I felt Mewtwo on a spiritual level because he was just like, "Well, your Pokemon are just inferior, and uh, like <laughs> we can't we can't keep up with yeah. the speed." And I'm just like yeah. my my uh my clone eugenics mons are the greatest. Yes, and I'm just like <laughs> I I, bre- I bred for perfect six IVs and uh, fed them all of the all of the protein and carbos. <laughs> Man, like, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like I'm Mewtwo in this. I'm just like fuck it. Like right now, I'm trying to breed like a, a perfect five IV Hydreigon in the new game. And I'm like, oh, cool. This is this is, and I'm like playing. I'm like playing that and Just watching this movie at the coward. same time. So like, yeah, I'm Mewtwo. I'm like, oh, cool. So my Pokemon are just faster and stronger because yours are just beating whatever. And I'm just like, all right, beat this Ralts 150 times. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was also playing Sword and Shield while watching this. I was EV training, or I- IV training a uh, Riolu. Ooh. I was filing my 2019 income tax returns. I'm putting that off. <laughs> I've already done it. I already have my return, actually. Oh, wow. Good job. Good for you. Dude, Congrats. I'm in payroll. I'm a psychopath with that. I'm like, <laughs> like, it was as soon as I got my W-2, I was like, all right, filed, done, finished. <laughs> yeah, and I do think that this is that kind of movie. Like, like I said, it's a fresh coat of paint. It's a decent movie, honestly. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's it's just new enough to keep you interested in it. But it's a comfortable enough story that like if you already know the first movie that like you can just have it on while doing something else. Yeah. Did you guys watch it with uh, subtitles or with the English dub? Uh, I watch it with the uh, English dub. both. 
and I want English dub with subtitles, and the subtitles were like wrong. Like when they were singing the Pokemon theme song, which there's a new version of that song at the beginning, uh, which is okay. Yeah. Um, like some of the lyrics were off slightly. Was it? I think it was the same guy who did the original song too. It's just they laid a new like backing track behind it. Like it's not like the yeah. the I don't say rock anthem, but like you know the sweet guitar like solos of the nineties. Like it's it's like the dubstep for the children of today. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I did like that opening sequence quite a bit, though the fight between. Ash and the random pirate guy who has dreads now in this one. Uh, I like yeah. that they kind of the uh, proto Team Aqua guy. Yes, yeah, yeah. He he grew up and became Team Aqua's Archie. Oh my god, he did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Oh man, but yeah, like I I appreciated the up like upped him because like before all he had was like a vest and a bandana and now it's just like oh he has like a fucking galleon coat with the fucking hat and dreads and I'm like cool <laughs> this guy actually looks like a pirate now like I didn't realize he was supposed to be a pirate in the first place. I guess the plot of the movie is that uh, a science team led by Doctor Fuji, uh, who is a character in the video games. Is it really? Finds, I thought I thought yeah, Mr. Fuji was someone different. Well, Mr. Fuji is the guy who runs the Pokemon Tower mm-hmm. or like watches over the Pokemon Tower, but in the games, I think in like Fire Red and Leaf Green, they like heavily allude to him being the scientist who had worked on the the Mew cloning project. Right, but because I think I think like uh, I think his um, journal in the Pokemon Mansion, which is like where they did the experiments, they uh, like one of them is signed Doctor Fuji. Oh yeah, Mister Fuji used to live on Cinnabar Island. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. But yeah, they find they find Mew DNA. Uh, they experiment on it and create Mewtwo, the ultimate Pokemon, and then. Uh, Mewtwo's dad, uh, Giovanni, says, I brought you into this world and you better listen to me. And Mewtwo says, I didn't ask to be born and runs away. Um, (laughs) And then then for some reason, Mewtwo invites a bunch of Pokemon trainers to his island uh, where he confiscates their Pokemon, clones them, and makes the clones fight the originals to prove that uh, he is the god of the Pokey people or something. His motivations are really, like, not well-developed. But No. And this is... Mm-hmm. So I actually went back, like, a year or two ago and watched Mask of the Phantasm with Ashley, and I was like, you gotta watch this. Like, this is, like, the definitive Batman animated movie from my childhood. And then I watched it, and I'm like, man, this relationship between Bruce and Andrea is super underdeveloped. And I had like a very similar feeling with this movie where it was like, man, Mewtwo's motivation for this entire plan is super underdeveloped. Yeah. I don't know. I prefer Under the Red Hood. Well, that was like 2010, though. Uh, like yeah. Mask of the Phantasm was like 95. Yeah. 
Yeah, my friend had me watch that too, and I thought the same thing that it was because I didn't know anything about it, and I didn't know who this woman was in the Batman lore context. So I was like, "Who is this?" Oh, okay. She. I, I guess I'm not going to spoil it, but um, I thought the the Mewtwo motivation was him sort of trying to prove that clones are better than the things that they that he was like. You know, he yeah, has like it, an inferiority. It was like complex. a self validation thing, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, th- I found that more easy to follow in this version of the film than in the previous version of the film, actually. Like, I thought there was just a little bit more dialogue, like, of him talking with Giovanni and Dr. Fuji in the beginning, where it made a little more sense what he was doing. But yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's flimsy as best, because I think they kind of scrapped the whole thing from the first one where he wanted to be the ultimate Pokemon trainer. Um, mm-hmm. in this one, which in the original one, that made no sense to me. Like, where is that coming from? Why do you want to be the ultimate Pokemon trainer? In this one, it was more like, oh, I just want a whole bunch of clone friends. And then we're going to show that we're the better people. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Also, for some reason, Mew shows up, uh, and fights Mewtwo at the climax of the movie. There's no real reason for me to show up, but it does. Right. right. It's just because, like, oh. like, that's the thing that can match Mewtwo's power. But, like, um, yeah. the one thing that I've always thought was interesting about this is that, like, Mewtwo it takes it very seriously and is trying to defeat Mew to prove that it's better. But Mew, on the other hand, like, seems like it's kind of just fucking around and still <laughs> matching Mewtwo's power. Right, like even like we we finally see Mew try with what I'm assuming is going to be Aurasphere. They never really titled the 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 move, but it looks like Aurasphere. But like whenever the it gets hit, and then like it fires back its own. Like that's where like oh, it's actually trying now because it's like oh, I'm just fucking around initially. Yeah, and he's just teleporting all over the place. I did like a lot of the kind of psychic power special effects in this. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know the uh, the Pikachu lightning effects were neat. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> well, especially when when it was shocking the uh, the Mewtwo balls, which uh, I, I yeah, don't know why those the, never like made the Pokeballs flying around. <laughs> I I can't imagine why. Hey, come on, it's fine. It's they're a nostalgia <laughs> thing. I mean, like Armor Mewtwo made it into Pokemon Go as a raid boss. Yeah, yeah. So does that mean that you can transfer it to Let's Go? Probably not. I doubt it. I want to talk about the the updated armor for this version. Uh, yeah, I, he looks like a giant Beyblade I, or something. I hated it. He really does. <laughs> I hated yeah, it Yeah, I was so not much. a fan. It, it was just like, ah, let's just throw more shit. It was like George Lucas, ah, throw more shit on it. It looks cool. I always meant for there to be dobacks in the background while Mew and Mewtwo were fighting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was sort of hoping that they would add more Pokemon or add something. Like, may, I mean, maybe even there was going to be more trainers at the mansion or something, you know? But mm-hmm. they didn't do any of that. No. Which is a bit of a bummer. I think the only thing flavor-wise that they really added, and this is for, like, us, like the psychopaths who know way too much, but, like, they gave uh, a, a Venusaur energy ball and uh, yeah. uh, Leaf Storm. Leaf Storm, and then uh, the 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 woman who who shows up for like half a second to say no, don't go out in the storm mentions Wingle, which hadn't debuted <laughs> by that point. 
and that was it. Like that was those were the only like major changes other than like some aesthetic stuff that like yeah. And they don't even factor in. Like they're not even important. They're just like flavor. Yeah. I will say, are we are we spoiling that? Well, whatever. This oh, is yeah. it's it's, like, it's in the beginning. It's a twenty year old movie. Yeah, it's okay, a tw- cool. It's a twenty two year old movie. Uh, if you haven't seen that movie, uh, what's wrong with you? Or or uh, yeah. you don't care? Or you weren't born? Then, exactly. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah, you. It- <laughs> <laughs> if if you haven't seen that movie, you saw the title of this episode, and we're like, "Hey, I'll catch you next week." Yeah, which is fine. <laughs> we understand. Yeah, nobody who listens to a podcast reviewing a Pokemon movie hasn't seen the first Pokemon yeah. movie. Yeah, but... like they can't all be zingers. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, but in that opening fight with the pirate man or whatever his name is. I like that in they fixed the part that always pissed me off about the original where Pikachu electrocutes a golem and one shots it when he throws out like three Pokemon at a time. Mm. And in this one, the golem is replaced with the drowsy. So Okay. So significantly worse Pokemon, but if, if you, you know. watched Pokemon Indigo League. Oh no, you're gonna bring up the fucking sprinkler shit. No, yeah, then no, that's dumb. Well, no, no, not even that, but <laughs> fucking Pikachu shocks Brock's onyx and fucking kills it. Right. That that's when it uses the sprinklers. In the gym battle? Like they they, they yeah. set off the sprinklers. Oh yeah, it did use the, that was the sprinkler one. Yeah. Doesn't he but also then, like uh, EPO beforehand with like a he he like dopes and gets a whole bunch of electricity in him, which is kind of messed up actually. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, his yeah. He, yeah, Brock's dad uh fucking it's just like, yo, let's just sit next to this waterfall thing, and then uh, we're going to just, you know, uh, uh, I'm going to turn this thing, and it's just going to get supercharged. So it's like, okay, so it got supercharged. It, uh, it set off the sprinklers. So yes, it just won. Like, imagine... Also... It's just so dumb. A- Ash's Pikachu is far stronger than a normal Pikachu because it has of the blessing of Ho-Oh when they first yeah. began their journey. But then it'll sometimes just lose to like a Snivy from a first time trainer in like the Unova anime. I did. It does. I, it I really yeah, don't like every, the anime. They Man. they every time they do a new anime series, Ash has to forget how to be a Pokemon trainer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that like the new kids starting to watch the show can go on the journey with him. Although my favorite was when uh, in in the Johto one where he goes to Johto and then there's that new trainer Casey. And she's just like, all right, we're going to teach my Chikorita how to battle. And then Ash is just like, yeah, uh, bitch, get fucked. And Charles is just like, fuck you. I'm going to eat this thing. And Pikachu's just like, all right, I'm going to hit it with a, a thing. And it's pathetic. It's, that is hysterical. Just watching that thing just be so pathetic compared to Ash's Pokemon. You're like, oh, that's right. Ash is like actually like a competent trainer as opposed to Casey, who is yeah. what she is. Speaking of, since the Sun and Moon anime is on Netflix, I might have to check out a few episodes because that's the one where Ash finally is the league champion. Yeah, he wins, right? Yep. Yep, he finally won. And then uh, they're doing they're doing the the Galar region one. I think he's still a champion or something. Like he's like doing the gym challenge, and then like they're gonna do like some Champions League or something like that. So, like, he's just running around. He's a Dragonite now for some reason. We're nerds. Also, if I uh, watch the Sun and Moon anime, I'll get to see what destruction looks like. Because here it is in human form. It's your boy, Guzma. 
Oh my god. Oh, that guy. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mean? Oh, that guy. You mean the best Pokemon character ever? It's true. I mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but let's be clear here. He did come out before Team Yell existed. So. <laughs> that Team Yell's great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're just soccer hooligans. It's true. Uh, so I want to talk about something real quick, and that's the voice cast. So uh, a long time ago in a Pokemon Universe far, far away, uh, we had Veronica Taylor voicing Ash Ketchum from Pallet Town. Uh, mm-hmm. Then something happened. I don't know what, but something happened. And then the entire original cast just went away, and they brought on a whole set of new voice actors. With the exception of a few people, but uh, I really, I thought they were fine, but I got the biggest nostalgia boner at the beginning when the narrator started talking, and it was the same guy. Okay. Was it the same guy? I couldn't tell. Roger Parsons. It is the same guy. Damn. And I was so happy. Uh, Also, uh, Dan Green voices Mewtwo in this and the original. Uh, Dan Green is most famous for his role as Yugi Moto and uh, Yami Yugi in Yu Gi Oh! Huh. In fact, like, uh, I watch that show all the time. And that entire the entire voice cast from this movie is pretty much Yu-Gi-Oh alumni. Hmm. I'm pr- I'm pregnant, Yugi, and I'm the father. And Mokuba is the father. <laughs> <laughs> those are great. You should plug that. The what are those? The Abridged series. The Yu-Gi-Oh Abridged oh, is pretty great. It's just yeah. he needs to be, he needs to be a bit more consistent with those fucking little Karibo <laughs> piece of shit. Yeah, I mean the the voice cast is solid in this enough yeah. though, and I think the ones that don't sound like them sound enough like them that it's not super you know off putting or anything like that. I feel like they like the animators tried extra super hard to make Misty super cute, but like I can't get past her dead little eyes. <laughs> I thought the animators were real hit or miss with some of these designs. I thought some of them looked so cool. But the Pidgeot looked like just a fat, fat little pigeon. And <laughs> it it like it just looked like a lump. It looked like a loaf of bread flying around. And yeah, I, I couldn't it, take anything it, it, with Pidgeot seriously. It looked like they were trying to split the difference between like the modern designs of some of these Pokemon and like the classic sprites. Mm, okay. Because the classic sprite for Pidgeot is fucking terrible. Oh, it's awful. You can't even tell <laughs> I mean, what the fuck that are. thing is. Yeah. Uh, like, I thought Venusaur looked okay. Blastoise looked fine. Charizard looked pretty good, but of course, like, when it's the most popular Pokemon. Although, they did do a poll, and apparently... What was what did win Pokemon of the Year, or something like that? Uh, Greninja oh, yeah. again. Fuck yeah, Greninja! Yeah! Fuck you, everybody also, else. Also, Pikachu wasn't on the list. Suck it, Pikachu. Cute, really? cute shocked Pikachu face. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait for Ash to release Pikachu and bring back a ninja, because fuck Pikachu. Nah. He releases Pikachu and finally gets his Butterfree back. Oh my god. Mimikyu is third? Dude, Mimikyu's surprising. the best. You remember when Ash traded his Butterfree for Eradicate, and then he cried about it, and got his Butterfree back, and then two episodes later released it into the wild? 
after he survived living on a sunken ship, right? For yeah. just a little while. Yeah. I mean that that's that like a mess. commentary of like you know, trading your Pokemon on Game Boy and then like you trade it to the wrong person and you're like, All right, trade it back now and they're like, Fuck you, bitch, and then they just walked away. And then you never saw that Pokemon again. That's that's what that episode felt like. <laughs> But he he did get it back, right? Yeah. yeah. Eventually. It was just like, yeah. please, please, I need my Butterfree back. I miss it so much. <laughs> yeah, because then, then he released it into the wild during Butterfree mating season. Yeah. And uh, that was the first appearance of a shiny Pokemon, because Ash's Butterfree fell in love with a pink Butterfree. Was oh, that it was before one? Bros. Now, is that the official shiny sprite, or is that just like... A reference to no, I think I think the official shiny for it is green or something. That's what I thought. But it was the first time that like there was a differently colored Pokemon. So do you remember in the Orange Islands anime there was that there was that island <laughs> where they ate berry like Pokemon eat berries and it would turn them pink. I feel oh, like yeah. that Butterfree. Came I do from remember there. that. Hmm. But that's just my personal fan theory about this. This specific Butterfree that we see for one episode, and I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> oh fuck! I think when he I hope my wife doesn't leave me because I'll never be able to find somebody to have sex with. See, what did, what did we say this about? La- we said this like that specific thing recently, where it's like, man, how how do our how do our significant others like us? Because dear fucking sweet Jesus, are we the biggest nerds humanly possible? That's just because I got that big dick energy. Yeah. But oh, like, okay. That must be nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even. Is, is there anything else we need to talk about with this movie, or are we just going to talk about uh, other Pokemon shit for the rest of the time? <laughs> uh, I have, I have one question. Did you guys, when you watched the first original version, did you ever see the kind of origin of Mewtwo thing that they cut off from the original English version that kind of showed? Mewtwo in the cloning process and he was like a baby and then he was talking to a girl who was also a clone does any of that ring a bell no uh, I know of that but I haven't seen it okay you should google it it's like on YouTube I think it's called the origin of Mewtwo and it's like 10 minutes because he also cloned his daughter in addition to Mewtwo like that was why he uh, was learning how to like clone animals and shit because his daughter died and he tried to bring her back. So there was just like this soulless homunculus child growing up with Mewtwo. <laughs> and then she released all the dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in that, that little 10 minute thing, they have this line where she says uh, that her dad used to tell her that there was a story about how when Pokemon cry, they can bring life back or something like that. Yeah. Oh! Also, um, in Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee for the Nintendo Switch, uh, they kind of imply that the trainer Green is that girl because she's oh. in the cave with Mewtwo okay. whenever you go to catch Mewtwo. Yeah. And she can like talk to Mewtwo and tell you how it's feeling and shit. Huh. Interesting. I don't think I ever caught Mewtwo in Let's Go. Yeah, I never got that oh, far. Well. I was like, oh, this is just a go. Okay, I'm done playing. Like, my brother bought it on physical. And I was like, okay, yeah. I'll play this for a bit and give it a try. He's like, nah. Yeah. I actually liked it. 
like, I was like oh, oh, cool. It's Kanto again. But it's just like, uh, uh, I don't like the caption mechanics, whatever. I just liked high-fiving with my Eevee whenever we beat a gym. <laughs> yeah, you and all the other six-year-olds that bought that game, apparently, because it sold a lot of copies. <laughs> you Ow, my pride. <laughs> it's okay, you got big dick energy. You're You're doing fine. Big dick for a six-year-old, I guess. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Jesus, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no the 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 Pokemon Tears thing I thought would have been an interesting addition into this movie in a line or something somewhere because that comes out of nowhere. Oh, a hundred percent. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? Since when does this happen? And it's never addressed ever again, and doesn't even make sense, and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're you're, you're <laughs> right. I was just like, wh- I'm watching him like this comes out of nowhere. What? Like it's a, it's a super sweet moment, but what? Why does this exist? Like what happened? Who who forgot about this in the lore? Yeah. Did you guys watch until the end of the credits too? Yes, I saw. Um, yeah. The end credit scene is basically Mewtwo flying with with his clones to uh, Mount Karina or Kenna huh. or something like that. What's that? I am going to have to go back and watch it. Uh, and actually, for everyone who bitches about Netflix uh, automatically turning, like, doing the thing where it's like, here, we're going to show you a trailer, uh, this let it play through the credits all the way to that. Like, and it's been letting the credits play longer and longer. So everyone can stop complaining about that that facet. But uh, Mount Kenna is basically, there was a follow-up episode to um, this movie, uh, which is just called Mewtwo Returns. Uh, it takes place during Johto, the the Johto arc, and uh, the the gang finds Mewtwo at Mount Kenna, but because they can't remember, they're just like, "Fuck it, we're we're gonna help this Pokemon anyway." And all these cl- Pokemon that we don't know that are clones, we're just gonna help them. And Mewtwo's like, "Oh, cool, you guys are the best," and then th- that's it. So th- it sets up the sequel movie to this. Okay. It looked like that thing where the house and up goes at the end in South America, but mm. cool. So you think they're just going to do this for all the movies forever? Oh, I hope not. I'd I'd watch a Charizard versus Entei fight in Spell of the Unknown. Oh, man. Like, updated. That'd that be cool. So if they good. just Yeah, that one is, that's my favorite, probably. Pokemon 2000 is fine, but Entei, the Entei movie is pretty fucking great. Yeah. Well, Maddie, we got to get you out of here soon. So, uh, what would you rate <laughs> uh, Pokemon? What the hell is this called? Pokemon Mewtwo Strikes Back Evolution. Good God. What, what do you guys do? Out of five? Out of ten? Out of five. Okay. Uh, can I do halves? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would do. What's math? I would do three and a half out of five, I say. I mean, it's uh, that's just like my average rating. Any movie that I watch and I'm like, oh, that was good. I didn't have any huge qualms with it three and a half so yeah. you know i mean it's nothing amazing and it's definitely not like ambitious whatsoever but it eh, it's fine so i definitely didn't regret watching it which i think is a win on anything on netflix in my opinion so uh caleb it's fine three stars that is correct it is fine three stars oh wow i was a little more positive fine I want to point out you said I want you said it's fine at the beginning three times, and I was like, "Oh, here comes his three. It's going to be just a a a, a, a set of it's fines." 
but no, you had to ruin it for us. I'm sorry. I can I can say three, and you can edit it back in. No, no, that's fine. We're, three. we're just going to shame you. It's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, I really appreciate it coming onto the podcast and getting shamed. That's fine. <laughs> really, really great. I mean, Making I get shamed great. on a weekly basis. Let, so let, let's <laughs> be honest. We just we just spent 45 minutes talking about Pokemon. We're all ashamed. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's so true. <laughs> uh, Maddie. Why don't you tell everyone about movie marathoners, where they can find you, and all that, all that good stuff? Yeah, so I also have a podcast. It's called the Movie Marathoners Podcast, and the name doesn't really mean anything other than I am also a marathon runner, so I like to run marathons, I like to watch movies, and on the occasion, I will do a movie marathon and talk about that as well. So it's just a podcast where I have a lot of great guests on. You guys both have been on the podcast before, and I thought that was wonderful. Um, you know, I'd semi-weekly release every thursday and you can follow me on twitter at movie marapod so that's movie m-a-r-a pod and then we are on podbean primarily but also on anything that you listen to podcasts on so spotify itunes whatever yeah and all those links will be in the show notes so if you need a quick access to all those head down there awesome thank you so uh, stop back anytime. If there's another Netflix Pokemon movie, we'll let you know. Yeah, so. you know, I mean, I also talk non-Pokemon stuff, so I will, uh, I'll, I'll reach nope. out. Only Pokemon. Oh, damn it. <laughs> uh, so with that, we're going to cut into a quick break, and when we come back, we will show you our dick pic. The Netflix and Swole podcast is brought to you by our patrons. Gerald from Two Peas on the podcast, Nick and Justin from the Epic Film Guys podcast, Paul from the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast, the IMDb Journey podcast, Julio from the Contrarians podcast, Ashley Gorski from the Rabbit Ears TV podcast, Nate Wade from the Everyone Has a Story podcast, Bill Sutton, James Delarosa, Ben Kiefer, Chris Yaney, Brianna Petty, and Dan's mom. If you would like to become a patron of the show, Find us at patreon.com slash Netflix and Swill. In order to reach a wider audience, the show needs Apple Podcast reviews. To leave us a review, follow the link in the show notes or search for the show on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and helping us grow. Our audience is at the heart of everything we do. You make the one-star movies worth it. Welcome back, everybody. Caleb, it is time to talk about... the fuck was this? A dick pic for the week. So, we're just done with phrasing, right? Jesus, look at that black cock. <laughs> That's right. Uh, do you have any idea what your word was? I'm going to assume trouble. Okay. Well, we got to watch the 1989 Hong Kong film, Doubles Cause Troubles. Or the original title, Shen Yong Shuang Mei Mai. Sure. Uh, written and directed by Jing Wong. Or or if uh, you're trying to find him on Letterboxd, Wong Jing. Because Chinese and how they fl flip names. Yeah, the, the surname comes first and the given name is second. Yeah. Like Fa Mulan. Yep. Uh, so this is about... Uh, a nurse named Shanbo and an actress named Ying Tai, uh, who are cousins and 
fucking hate each other. Uh, their grandma dies and leaves each of them half of a really sweet apartment. Yeah. Uh, with the stipulation that they have to live there together for a year. Um, I think my only critique of the apartment is it didn't have a, a couch standing up on end. Uh, to where any of them could walk into and say, look at me, I'm a big fucking idiot. Yeah, that's an important feature to have. 100%. So, uh, they move in, they find out that there's uh, a guy renting a room there, uh, and like they meet him for about three minutes, and then he leaves, and then he gets shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he stumbles back in and they find out that he was a gangster. Um, and I guess the rest of the movie is them being embroiled in this, like, uh, heist where like he, he had stolen some sort of like precious treasure that they don't even know what it is, but like all these people are coming after them to get it. So uh and it's it's basically a slapstick comedy about all these goofy characters and uh sometimes people get shot in the face yeah oh my god yeah there was there was a character who got shot in the face shouldn't have touched a sword <laughs> oh sequin swordsman so what did you think of this movie i actually really enjoyed my time with it I actually really liked this. I it's funny. It was really funny. Well, not really funny. I thought it was funny. Like I got I got a few good laughs out of me. Yeah. Uh, like a lot of the the comedy is derivative based off of like the cousins hate each other so they just like name call each other. But then they'll like make it like when they're talking to shared interest men, like they'll be like, "Ah, this bitch did this and oh, this bitch did but this bitch did that." And it's like those are funny. Like I, I'm I'm struggling to remember like some funny moments in the movie, but like I remember laughing quite a bit, which uh, for most modern comedies I can't say I do. It just like is never ending. There's like a joke a second, so yeah. Um, it's it's a very comedically dense movie, I guess, but uh, most of it lands even across the language barrier and the time barrier. Yeah. Because this is 31 years old now. Jesus, is be- is Jerry 50? April 27th, so not quite 31. Uh, it's it's 30, uh, and, like me, 30, and barely clinging on to 30. <laughs> Trying to find quotes so I can remember what the fuck was even going on, like, what was even, like, the funny parts of this movie. And unfortunately, nobody goddamn reviews this on IMDb. Fucking Daniel, go super kick somebody over at fucking IMDb. Oh, it's a 5.6? Wait, excuse me? Yeah, I feel like it's pretty pretty underrated. Yeah. Like I like like I said, I think it's funny. Like I I think the dialogue is like really funny. I think like the situations they put themselves in is pretty funny. Like not even like the the cousins, but also like the one cousin's love interest and his sidekick. Like the situation yeah. the stupid situations uh, his, they get themselves in. His name into. is just handsome. A murder, a Netflix mystery movie. Yeah. Uh, at one point, because, like, uh, 
he's kind of a, sh- a shit heel too. Yeah. Um, he like turns to the camera and is like, "Hey kids, it's not cool to join the triad," <laughs> and then like keeps running from the gangsters. Oh my god! And then uh, <laughs> I don't know. There, there's that whole there's this whole running joke that the cousins are basically interested in the, interested in the same men, so they just like mm-hmm. constantly insult each other to the men in order for the the men to choose them as instead of the other cousin. Yeah. I don't know. And I like uh like towards the end of the movie, you're not sure like who all got shot in the face. It's like uh handsome and like the other man that like they were both interested uh like run into the room and like you you think like one of the girls is going going to go to each one of the guys and like the two guys are ready to receive hugs but like they both run to the other dude and handsome's just like oh <laughs> well yeah and then like oh god what was it fuck i lost it fuck don't don't drink at home kids don't drink while while doing a podcast kids just like you don't join the triads. Yeah. I don't know. If uh if I had a criticism, um it's about ninety minutes, but it it really feels like it kinda drags in certain yeah. parts. It's like uh you know, kinda get to it, I guess. Yeah. I mean like the bickering can is like incessant and it's like it kind it's kind of repetitive. Like they, they do some funny bit where like they communicate with like their facial expressions. Like they, they have their own secret language where they like insult each other through facial expressions. And that's funny. Like just, just like that physical comedy part, part of it. Also like uh handsome and his lackey get turned into animals and by turned into animals, I mean psychologically turned into animals. So they start yeah, behaving like a dog and a, and a chicken. It is, it is pretty funny. Like the physical comedy is very good in this show or in this movie. Got him Wayne. no, no, not like this. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Uh, do you, I don't know. Is there anything else to say about this movie? Uh, like, I don't want to give too much away because, like, I, I've, I think a lot of the humor is derived from, like, experiencing it as opposed to, like, trying to regurgitate yeah. it. Like, you know, it, it, instead of, like, Independence Day where the humor is because it's regurgitated in a stupid manner. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we've watched a lot of foreign movies on here. Usually, you know, I'll just kind of talk about them and be like, yeah, it's fine or whatever, but like not really recommend it. I think this is one that people should actually take a look at and give it a chance. Yeah. Just try it on, see how it fits, and uh, you might you might actually enjoy this. Yeah, and, and like, if anything, the stunt work, like, because people, people fucking take some hits in this movie. So oh, yeah. it, it's interesting to watch that. Yeah, I'll uh, give it three and a half stars. I'll also give it three and a half stars. Man, thank God we differed on uh, To All the Boys I Loved Before last week, because otherwise people would be like, you guys are just the same person. <laughs> uh, Caleb, what are we doing next week on the show? Uh, next week... We'll be talking about Spencer Confidential 
And on the back of that, we'll be doing a Patreon review for Tremors. Uh, a voice you heard earlier today, Bubby, gave us Tremors. Because, you know, Tremors. Source Kevin Bacon. Yeah. I don't know. I've never seen it before, so whatever. Uh, hopefully I get to experience a decent amount of Spencer Confidential so it's not just Dan talking at me episode because uh, I have a work obligation next weekend. Oh. But. Well, at least it's a movie. I think it's two hours, so. Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, so with that, uh, thank you for listening. And once again, thanks to Maddie from Movie Marathoners for giving us, uh, his, his wonderful time. And, uh, man, if there's somebody who, uh, seemingly knows as much as po- about Pokemon as we do, it's him. So, uh, thank God we didn't devolve into a, a full on discussion of the Pokemon meta as, uh, we, we've, we've once done, uh, you can check out all of his relevant links in the show notes. Maddie knows a lot about Pokemon, but can he see why Caleb loves Shuckle so much? Because uh, it's got a weird design on its shell. Uh, Where can the people find us, Dan? Well, you can find us also in those show notes, but the best place to find us is NetflixandSwell.com. So we have links to the show where you can listen to us. Uh, also, find our Patreon, where you can listen to Dan Makes Ashley watch the Star Wars series. Uh, right now, we are on... Well, actually, yeah, we we just watched Rogue One, uh, and as of release date, tomorrow we'll be dropping uh, Episode 4, A New Hope. So we'll, we'll see how Ashley feels about uh, A New Hope. Because she's seen the lightsaber fighting in A New Hope, because we watched the Rogue One review from Red Letter Media, where they show the the lightsaber fighting. And she's like, oh, oh, no. And I'm like, <laughs> well, let's, let's remember here, I've been saying the entire time, they're basically doing broadsword fighting. Yep. So, yeah, uh, if you want to <sighs> listen to that or anything else cool that we've done in the past on Patreon, a single dollar a month gets you access to all of that good stuff. Yep. And until next week, this is Caleb saying, it's time to wrap some Pokemon. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.